Hello, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Banter, the podcast aimed at bringing you your dose of murder relaxation. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and Hello. welcome back to another episode of the True Crime Banter Podcast. I know, we just keep doing it and doing it. And, and doing, doing it, it okay. <laughs> yeah, doing it mediocre. <laughs> eventually, maybe. I don't know. How are you doing today? I'm We're fine. We're probably kind of later today than uh, we usually do. Um, What time is it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yep. Uh, Today, I will be taking the lead. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about a case that the names do not ring a bell at all to you. I know, uh, which is weird. Jay Cook and Tanya Van Kylenborg. Wow. Yeah. You would think I would remember that name. Right, exactly. <laughs> now, this is a story that I was kind of telling you when I asked you if these sounded familiar. Um, I, I was basically asking you if it sounded familiar. <laughs> yeah. But I was saying there's there's a part of this story that I'm like, how do I how does this not ring a bell to me? Okay. I'm like, this is like... A major thing that happened in the true crime world. Weird. I feel like every now and then, you one of us will find something like that. Yeah, and and there is, I think there is a reason why, and I will go over it a little bit, obviously. But uh, I was like, this is crazy, like, and it's local. Oh, ish. Ish. Okay. No, it's pretty local. Uh, But before we do, you got a couple things you want to go over. Yeah, should we start with banter or shout-outs? What do you think? Um, Shout-out to the banter. Do the bit of banter first. Okay. So this one, when we kind of first started doing the podcast thing, I kind of took over the whole Instagram thing, right? And I just, not my forte. I feel like I'm getting better at it. Much better. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, much better than I was ever doing. So. Yeah, but, you know, I feel like if, if the roles were reversed and you had to take over Instagram, you would be on the same page where if you do anything and you kind of you start, do, you just yeah. naturally are like, Oh, this seems to work. This doesn't seem to work. Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, anybody that knows me, this whole, like, technology thing is not... I don't know anything. You're great at it, though. Uh, Well, it's work... (laughs) I mean, when it's something you like doing, you know? Yeah. yeah. It makes it a little easier to want to learn how to do it better. So, one of the first things I did was, um, instead of just adding a bunch of random people, which I did do later, and I still do now, is um, adding local police departments... Okay. Just to kind of see like Stay local on top things. Of things. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of started with like the Western part and I just did like Oregon, Washington. We were in Washington, um, California, and I kind of worked over whatever. So I kind of started like local, local too, though, not just Washington, right, like but like. Yeah. Or so I added Tacoma. And anybody from around here, you know, Tacoma, we're like a little bit north of Seattle. So Tacoma is like an hour from us yeah and so it's like somewhat local but it's also like kind of a big city yeah originally i i feel like i've told this to people before that 
Tacoma was meant to be the major city in Washington, mm-hmm. hence its location and um, how it's built, I suppose. And yeah, the it's freeways. south of Seattle, you, but it's also Seattle, very large. Yeah, if you look at Seattle, it is not a city meant to be as large as it is. Yeah. So Tacoma was supposed to be that main hub, and yeah, I don't know how Seattle turned into it, but uh, yeah, so it's yeah. it's a large city. Right, so I logged on to Instagram the other day to do like my typical, you know, adding people and scoping stuff out and just putting stories on there. And Tacoma Police had updated with a case um, that is actually very old from 1986 that has recently, I would say, I think it says 2018 is when they found the person that did it, but as of recent, which is why they posted, it just got... I don't know, I say like maybe like finalized. Okay. Or like, you know how like the trial takes so long. Right. So yeah, now yeah. it's like where he was sentenced. So that's why it was updating. So Michelle Welch, she was 12 years old in 1986 when she was found raped and murdered in Tacoma. Okay. Gary Hartman, 70, 70 years old, was found guilty on Tuesday, like this Tuesday. So wow. when we're filming on Thursday, two days ago. A first-degree murder during a bench trial that lasted less than two hours. By the way, you guys, right now I'm reading from thenewstribune.com. Ooh, TNT. Um, yeah, I didn't have enough time today to like, sit down and make my own script, so I'm just going to read from them. But it says, uh, Pierce County Superior Judge Stanley um, sentenced Hartman to 26 years and six months in prison. So most likely yeah. he'll die Let's in prison, right? Wow. So 34 years later, mm-hmm. they're finally... And all thanks to genealogy. Oh. Yep. Interesting. So this was back in 2018 when they were able to thank you guys, all the people doing 23andMe I and know, all these family right? trees. I fucking love it. I don't really care what you say about like putting your DNA out there. Like you're not that special. It's yeah. not like a big brother's like going to fucking hunt you down. Like yeah, you're, re- you're really not that cool. Yeah. But honestly, like... There are so many things happening because of this. We already know this, right? The whole yeah. like Yeah, yeah. No, there's been a lot Golden of Golden State lot of... Killer, like yep. we know this is like a real thing. So interesting. Yeah, another old piece of shit was finally fucking caught. So wow. I fucking love it. Yeah. And so they tracked it down through, like I said, genealogy and yep. they were able to find somebody related to his brother. And then they tr- then they put surveillance on the brother and him in 2018. They followed him, and after he was arrested, it was stated that, like, he felt like somebody was following him, and he had okay. told a coworker, I did something really bad 30 years mm, ago, and yeah. I feel like people are going to find out. And here it is. Also, like, who cool. says that, well, right? Good. Fuck that dude. Fuck <laughs> yeah. that dude. So they tracked him down, and they um, surveyed him and his brother, and they used DNA from a cup that they left at a restaurant, and then I think for this guy, Hartman, they tracked it down to a brown paper napkin okay. and got DNA off of it. Good. And linked him to it. What's well, cool to see that mm-hmm. 34 years later, they're finally uh, yep. getting their piece. I know. And, I mean, I watched the videos, and I don't want to, like, listen, I hate everyone, okay? Yeah. Like, even not murderers. I hate a lot of people. But this guy in the video, he really looked like he was sorry for it like he was bawling in this Mm. old dude and he came in in a walker he just obviously needed a walker you know like he's just old as hell anyway yeah in some situations you do eventually learn how to uh feel yeah like even they zoomed in on him and he was just like where's the quote he was this quote is saying i am so sorry god knows i'm so sorry yeah and that doesn't help i'm just so sorry 
And this happened at a Tacoma Park, like I said, back in 1986. Um, Michelle was the oldest of three girls. And she went home to grab lunches for the other two sisters because they were all at a park. Well, spoiler alert for anybody that was hoping we wanted we were gonna do this case. No, there's really not that much on it anyway. <laughs> okay, well. it, it wouldn't be enough, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, it there's is... a little bit. There's a mini mini true crime uh, banter case right there for you guys. Yeah, but anyway, I guess she just ran home to get lunches. Something bad happened to her. Her sisters had gone to the bathroom and came out and found her bike at the park, and we're like, Jeez. wait, wasn't she supposed to go home? And okay. then they didn't find her. Later that night, they found her body. Fakers. So she was assaulted and murdered. And now yeah. he's caught and facing the rest of his life. And watching this in video, he's just like sobbing. And even his lawyer had to cover his face. Like okay. e- well, even his lawyer was like, I can't even show my face. I'm are so you, sad Is right that now. a video that you might be able to link to then? In our yeah, Instagram? I can put it in there, yeah. Okay, well then there you go, guys. Yeah. Go to uh, um, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully it's up there. Yeah. I don't know when this video or this I know, I don't know up, either. We'll Check we'll it out. Look it. for the old dude crying. Yeah. Typical. <laughs> I'm sure you'll see it. And then speaking of Instagram, mm-hmm. you wanted to yes. do a couple shout outs. A couple shout outs. Um, our last case that we did, right? The Sasha Samsonine, the one that I covered. Yes. Um, she. Oh, okay, you're okay. I know. Everyone. Here. Why don't you just like throw the laptop like away from you? <laughs> I'm not going to throw a well, laptop. Anyway. Like a Frisbee. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Um, this last one, Sasha Samsadine, um, that we did, this one got a lot of likes. Like, I know we're oh, like- Oh, on the actual mm-hmm. post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I, I think know. the most, especially within like the first, I think in the first week, this video or an episode had the most listens. Yeah. Uh, well, right. more than And I, I don't mean, know if I it's just because interesting case, right? Yeah. Um, but this one, we got like a lot of comments on it too, so- I'm not. We also got a lot of messages, but because those were privately sent, I don't want to like yeah, tell. You know people. what I mean, right? Um, I'm sure they would be fine with it, but just a lot of like. If you guys don't know too, if you do message us, we we do see it. Like oh, you yeah. do, you do a good I job respond of making to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just because we're not reading it out right yeah. now, don't, Listen, don't also, be. <laughs> no, totally. If um if you ever get a response at all, it's me. By the way, everyone. Well, <laughs> you're not talking to Riley, <laughs> just so you know. And if there's... you want to talk to me, just like tell her <laughs> yeah but probably no one ever does but anyway so True. there's um when when i respond i'm like yeah girl you go girl and mm-hmm. then i'm like do they know it's riley when i'm saying this it could but... be me though i do text like that <laughs> okay go so girl. one of the ones we got was from someone called cinnamon af oh spicy. <laughs> and it said i can't wait to check this out exclamation point love that and then cara joy said thanks for the follow now i have a new favorite podcast to binge. i saw that one i did mm-hmm. see that one and then my sister Colin did, but oh. we don't we don't need to go over that. Do we? No, uh, no, no, no. no. Uh, I wanna, she just I, said, "Are you guys gonna do a live version of the podcast?" I want to comment. So, <laughs> Joey Toast, right? Joey Toast, Joey Toast. Yes, uh, and she's sister. been saying, "So, you when you guys gonna shout me out? A shout out? So you <laughs> did a shout it, out? She actually and, does uh, a really good job of like tagging us and stuff. No, and, she's yeah, incredible with yeah. that. Like she's gotten, I, I I would say at least five. Well, and she's got like a lot of friends. Good job, JoJo. You and I don't have friends, so the fact that she has a lot of friends and shares it, I mean, it's got to be helping a little bit. Yeah, no, she did say I can't, or you know, when are you guys gonna do a live stream or something? And I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there right now. If we build a big enough of a following, and we get our house before our hundredth episode, 
I want to be able to set that up for like a weird live stream in like a big empty house. Do like a live stream? No, only because of the the Who uh, cares? the no, dynamics of live streaming. Yeah. It's not as easy as a setup as this. Yeah, there's computers involved. All that shit. And yeah. so, um, I do want us to be set up somewhat in our house yeah. before we do. You so. know all that stuff. Yeah, but so if we do, you know, get building up, I'm gonna say if we can get to like, I don't know. 5,000 listeners yeah. by 100 episode. We're almost at 1,600. We will start live streaming. Yeah. Which is actually something I told Joey um, before I even started this podcast. I was like, you know what? There's a market out there. There is, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so then the next one we have. Who else we got? Sweet underscore meats. Ooh. And they I saw s- this one too. I did <laughs> see said, this one. They said, just subscribed on podcasts. And then the next one is Hoodlum Automotive. And they just said, just followed you on Apple. So this is also a good reminder that yeah. we are on Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcast. Yeah. Yes. And if you guys prefer, I mean, I don't know how you might be listening to this. If uh, you prefer like Google Podcasts, I haven't looked into getting us up on that yet. But yeah. if that is something that you would prefer us to, you know, or yeah. I guess prefer to listen to us on, then send us a message. Let us know. As Christian is slamming her hand in the microphone because she's got to get her drink on. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. No more shout outs? No, that's okay. it. At least for now. All right. Well, then. I uh, just want to get into it. You know? Shout out to you and all of you listeners for commenting. Yeah. And messaging. Thanks so much, Again, guys. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay. Well, I'm excited for this one. I hope you know that. Me too. You know how much I love to be the listener. (laughs) True. True. Because you get to do what you've already done, (laughs) been doing. (laughs) Just drink and listen. and enjoying. Well, this is a story about a 20-year-old Jay Cook and, as I said earlier, his 18-year-old girlfriend, Tanya Van Kylenborg. The story begins really similar. I almost thought you were talking about this case when you talked about in the bit of banter. Oh. It is November 18th of 1987, though. Oh, okay, So Close. I was like, whoa, are you bringing up my the case? The 80s uh-huh. were crazy. Yeah, and, and this begins on the island of Victoria, B.C., so British Columbia, okay. Canada. Okay. Uh, Jay's father, he worked in the residential HVAC business, something I'm very mm-hmm. familiar with, <laughs> and was in need of some parts for a furnace that he was repairing. Uh, Victoria, for those of you who don't know, it's like a, I think it's the most southwestern point of Canada, or at least like the biggest city in, in southwest Canada or western Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I, if you're looking on a map, we go to the San Juan Island on occasion yeah. or Friday Harbor. Yeah. It's more south than those islands. Oh, yeah. weird. So okay. looking on a map, it's actually, actually I have it written down here. It is 12 miles away from San Juan Island. Okay. Which is weird to think, because it's like, we've got so much space yeah. between Canada and where we're at there. Right. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so it is very much so in the uh, Washington realm okay. of the geography. So although uh, it is Canadian land, Victoria is more southern on the map than a place like Bellingham, Washington, which a lot of people uh, weirdly yeah. have heard of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and the reason I'm giving you and, I guess, the listeners a quick geography lesson is uh, because the nearest place that had these furnace parts that Jay's dad needed was Seattle. Oh, okay. So, yeah. super far, though, for them. You think so. Yeah. 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 yeah but, um, again, looking on the map, 
the distance from Victoria to Seattle is nearly the same distance as Victoria to Vancouver. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of we right in the middle not there. not familiar with Canada, I'm not going to lie. Well, you're going to have to I think to I was like five when I was there last time, and I remember I ate mushrooms, and I hated them so much, and I <laughs> and still that, hate them. And that was the beginning of your mushroom hatred. Yep. Well, uh, yeah, so Jay, being the adventurous person that he was, again, back in the, the late 80s and, um, you know, just out having fun, 20 yeah. years old, he volunteered that uh, he would make the trip down to Seattle and get those parts for his dad and then return the next day. Well, Tanya, being just as young and as outgoing as Jay, she uh, thought it would be a fun little overnight trip as well that the two could spend together. So she opted to join Jay. Okay. The original plan was for Jay and Tanya to take the ferry from Victoria to Port Angeles, which is a, a town in Washington. I love that place, yeah. Yeah, you and I went there, and I, I was telling you, I was like, that's Canada right there, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> You're like, hmm, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure it well, is. Well, now we know. <laughs> uh, and then once uh, they were in Port Angeles, they were going to drive down to Bremerton, which is uh, another I name we know to, of. I used to live there. Ooh. This thing. And then they would take a second ferry from Bremerton to Seattle. Okay. And then once in Seattle... Uh, Jay and Tanya, they would sleep overnight in their da- dad's, in their dad's, <laughs> dad's, uh, it was a copper colored work van. Um, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it so you can post it. It's a very obvious looking van. Very. It's like very 80s. Yes, okay. very much Love so. Love that. Uh, and then after sleeping in the work van, they would wake up the next morning, get the parts that his dad needed and then make their trip back home. Right. Simple enough. But as you and I know, though, the simplest of things don't always go as planned. Right. Uh, The next day, so November 19th, Jay and Tanya never returned home. Hmm. So John, Tanya's brother, uh, he described their family dynamic. Again, this is back in the late 80s, uh, explaining that although texting and cell phones, they didn't exist at this time, or at least, you know, weren't a thing. Cell phones really weren't. Uh, Tanya, she always made sure that she called home and uh, kept her family up to date with what was going on. So very responsible, very communicative. Right. Making sure here's what's going on. I think back then you had to be too because you didn't you didn't know that you were missing. Like technology wasn't a thing back then. Yeah. Obviously you just said that, but I mean like you had to be on top of it because there was no other option. Yeah. Yeah. You had I to mean, like think about it if think you just about, needed a ride. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You had to think about like, well, I hope where I'm going they have a phone. Yep. So I can let my mom know I made yeah, it. Yeah, okay. you almost gotta plan yeah. ahead to check in. Exactly. Versus just mm-hmm. checking in when you can. Yep. Uh so yeah, Tana she always made sure that she was doing a good job of checking in. She was uh so consistent in doing so that at this point when Jay and Tanya hadn't returned home yet. Uh, Tanya's father said there's no reason to wait any longer and reported the couple as missing up okay. in up in Canada. Was he able to? Am I able to ask yeah. you that? Is this too early? Just because yeah. we hear so many times Where people like, tell them they have to adults. wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. So they, they took it. I, from what I researched, the... Uh, the police force or the the Royal Mounted, mm-hmm. the RCMP, uh, yes, yeah. Royal Canadian Mounted Police, they did take it seriously. Okay, and uh, yeah, and Jay's family followed suit and also um, 
called the Canadian police and reported them missing as well. I feel like the Canadians are way better at that stuff. Yeah, they're, they're like, hey, like, we actually care about our people, eh? I feel like once, like, seriously, like once every hundred cases I hear about Canada, they don't take it as serious as they should. But other than right. that, they're it's really like they're good. On top they're of their on shit. top of it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Seattle police, they were then notified as well of the missing couple. And, uh, but the, the thing is, they weren't really able to do too much, though. Um, they basically said, if anything comes up, we'll let you know. Like, they can, Temple. I know, kind of exactly what mm-hmm. we were just talking about. Canadian police are like, hey, let's get on top of this, hey? Like, what's the worst? <laughs> <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? You find out they're not missing and then everything's fine. Like, right. I always think, like, what are you guys doing there? Like, well, yeah. Every, anytime you're like, no, we're not going to go investigate. What are you, <laughs> yeah, are you guys playing like, Uno? What's your, happening? Yeah. yeah, what are you doing? So, the uh, the family and friends of both Tanya and Jay, uh, they were doing everything they could to figure out where they could have gone. Uh, they were asking everyone that they could if they ever heard of, you know, the couple discussing maybe running off or eloping together or something. Okay. Something that made sense. Because if you, if you put it into that perspective real quick, you're like, okay, this would be like the prime opportunity well, yeah, hey, they're, like, Dad, racking we'll, their brains, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll take your van, and, yeah, we'll just go down to Seattle real quick, and then, boom, they're gone. Right. Um, unfortunately, though, nothing was popping up. Mm-hmm. Tanya's brother uh, said that in the week following their disappearance, family members made multiple trips down to the Seattle area to hang missing person signs and basically ask a local business if they saw or recognized either... Uh, either of the two or if they seen the family's like i said copper colored work van yeah anywhere so very very obvious work van at least in my very head. distinguishable yeah yes uh it was on one of those trips down south though that john explains uh his dad stopped to use again a, a phone a phone a telephone yeah uh, to call home and update tanya's mom and um basically tell her where they're at what their plans are and when they plan on being home Mm -hmm. Uh, it was during that phone call that tanya's mom notified her dad that she received a phone call earlier that day and it was a phone call from the skagit county sheriff's office telling her that there was a body found in a ditch about 80 miles north of seattle and they suspect that it could be tanya okay which is Interesting because 80 miles north of Seattle, if again looking on a map where Victoria is, it wouldn't make sense to drive this direction to get home. It would be take the ferries back because otherwise, you're probably looking at like a six or seven hour drive up and around and then back down. But maybe they just wanted to spend that extra time together, maybe. Maybe they were just like, let's uh, not, like, rush back home. Yeah, I mean, it could be. they're a young couple, you know. I can tell you. They have a van, wink, wink, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. I could totally yeah, see them. Trying to spend as much time right. away from the yeah. family. Okay. I could totally see that. Well, to, to spoil your ideas that that okay. was not the situation. Well. <laughs> okay, great. So, north they drove, uh, both Tanya's father and brother, in silence with the idea in mind that there's a good chance... They might be on their way to identify a dead body oh as God. their daughter and sister. Just over an hour later, they arrive to Skagit County, and sure enough, it's Tanya. Fuck. Tanya, Tanya. Yeah. Uh, investigators say that her body was found in a ditch, no pants or underwear on, 
she was shot in the head with a 380 caliber gun. And there's no sign of her boyfriend. No sign yet. Uh, So near Tanya's body, there were white wire ties or um, zip ties. Yeah. And based on the autopsy, they confirmed that prior to being shot, uh, she was indeed raped. Yeah. Yeah, restrained and raped. Right. Fuck. So Tanya's now been found. Uh, but where's Jay and where's the family work band? Right. Kind of, I think, we're, what everyone's wondering right now. Yeah. Well, it didn't take long, luckily, for those questions to be answered. Uh, the first being about the van. It was the very next day after Tanya's body was found that a local bartender up in Bellingham, uh, she stepped out to take a break from work, and she noticed that there was a wallet that was tossed away in, like, the dirt under a porch. Um, the, I guess it's, like, a porch or a, a break area. You just walk out, maybe, like, a, yeah, a okay. dock, I suppose. Um, she picked up the wallet, and inside it is none other than Tanya Van Kylenborg's ID card. Oh, I thought maybe it was going to be the boyfriend's. Okay. No, it's Tanya. Okay. So, uh, furthermore, in the same pile of dirt that the wallet was found, there was more zip ties disposable gloves and some more ammunition that matched the same bullet that was found in Tanya. Okay, wait, sorry, really quick. Um how far away was she found from where this stuff was found? This is about um another 15-20 miles. Oh, okay. Again, okay. and 15 to 20 miles heading north back to Canada. Okay. On I-5. Okay. So you we're familiar with it. You're kind of thinking like the Mount Vernon kind of area. Okay. And then you start getting up into closer right. to Bellingham. Okay. So not, not too far of a drive. Okay. The note that I have written down here is that uh, all of this was found less than 20 miles oh, from where well, there you go. Tanya's body was found. And uh, all of it found outside of a tavern located right next to what, though? A Greyhound bus station. Oh, God, okay. So things are starting to heat up. Uh, Pieces are slowly getting put together. Um, Officers are on the scene at this tavern, and they're collecting as much evidence as they can uh, with, I guess, what they found there. I wonder what's going on in Police's head right now, because it kind of almost looks like the boyfriend did it. Right. It looks like it. Yeah, and so one of the documentaries, and I want to say it was like a... A Canadian documentary on this one um, they were notifying Jay's family like hey we're still looking you know figuring out where he's at understand though that he might be a suspect yeah in this situation well you have to be treated as one until there's proof otherwise yeah but yeah. Either, you know you that's gotta who kinda... she was last seen with exactly but you want to prep the family for that you know yeah just in case which most Not people like... don't so good job yeah and, uh, yeah, so they're on scene at this tavern collecting as much evidence as possible when one of the officers walks around the corner, and what do they see? A van. Yes. <gasps> Bingo. I got it. Ding, Parked ding, with Canadian license plates. Okay. And hopefully a whole lot of answers as well. Yeah. In the van, officers find Tanya's pants, uh, even more evidence, including zip ties and gloves. But still, no Jay Cook. Yeah. Uh, the question still remains, where is Jay and what does he know about what happened to Tanya? Right. So one of the things that I uh, wasn't sure I wanted to bring up during this episode, because I wasn't sure it would be 
worth the time, um, but I think I will because it's come to mind right now, is that officers thought that the suspect, uh, Jay at this point, was taunting them in a way by leaving these like clues or disposable gloves, basically saying, hey, I wore gloves, you're never going to catch me. Because mm-hmm. again, this is back in the late 80s, and uh, even one of the officers that worked this case said, back then, the only real way to convict somebody uh, was if you had a fingerprint and if there's gloves and even that's been proved to be like kind of yeah right and especially know? if you're the boyfriend of course there's going to be fingerprints i think back then too one of the only really quote-unquote tools they had was blood typing right a lot of the times they could ju- just just identify type, I mean. <laughs> a type of blood exactly yeah, and unless you were the rarest in the world then it really didn't do much yeah so yeah. uh they thought that there was some sort of weird taunting going on with all this evidence that they were just basically nonchalantly flaunting in front of police. Okay. Uh, The very next day, Snohomish County officers received a phone call. So this is two days now after they found Tanya's body. The next day they found the van. And then the day after that, uh, they get a phone call. Now, for people who don't know uh, the area, again, that we're talking about, Snohomish County is about 70 miles southeast of where Tanya's body was found. I was going to say, when you said that, so I was like, nowhere that's not near. close. Yeah, nowhere near. That's closer to us. Exactly. Yeah. Much closer to us. It was actually in Monroe. Oh, so okay. So not far at all. Yeah. Um, nearly 100 miles away from Bellingham, where the van was found. And uh, the phone call, let me, let me find out what I'm, exactly I'm trying to tell you here. On this phone call, Snohomish County officers are being told that, sadly, there's another body that's been found. Okay. This time, it's near something that they call uh, the High Bridge. Okay. Over in that area. I've never heard of it. Okay. Um, but it's, I guess, a taller bridge in the well, area. Well, M- Monroe's a small town. I'm sure they have, like, nicknames for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yes, this is the body of Jay Cook. Okay. Now, at first glance, it sounds like Jay Cook may have jumped off the high bridge, uh, possibly attempting to end his own life in mm-hmm. an effort to escape what he might have done to Tanya. Upon further inspection, though, uh, it's clear that this was not the case and something much darker was going on. I'm sure the police were like, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, they, they were thinking yeah, this first. was like a straightforward, let's just find the mm-hmm. boyfriend, he did it. And then now you're like, now there's another person we have to find that killed yeah. two people? Yeah, because originally, when you're looking at Jay Cook's body, where, where this uh, body was reported to be found, it was partially covered by what's described as a like a blue blanket, I want to say. Okay. Um, only his legs were exposed. Okay. So when officers removed the blanket and revealed the upper half of his body, mm-hmm. they found that Jay was badly beaten with some sort of rock or blunt oh, object. God. okay. Yeah, he had blood and bruises all over his head. They found a ligature made of twine and a dog collar that was still wrapped around his neck. And stuffed in his mouth was not just a rag, but a box of cigarettes as well. What the fuck? Yeah. I, I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah. I uh, Exactly. I don't... It's like a... That's Almost like you're trying to show somebody up, like, oh, yeah, you, you think all I'm going to do is just, like, uh, gag you with some 
towel. Oh, fuck you. Here's your cigarettes. Right. Too, or also, too, I guess it like. Was he found floating in the water? Or was he like no, up no, on no, the. No, no, no. This is just next to below the bridge in like a bush kind oh, of. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just wondering like, was this something that was placed in his mouth after he died? So. You know what I mean? Well, the medical examiner, um, they determined that Jay was alive at the time of his beating. Uh, obviously based on bruising yeah, and, and right. bleeding. Yeah, right, they can tell all that stuff. Uh, and, but he eventually succumbed to asphyxiation due to both the ligature and the towel, or I guess rag, right. and cigarettes were pushed so far into his oh mouth that God. his tongue was pressed oh up against God. the back of his throat. I don't know what it is about that image. It's like already just having something like malleable like a rag yep. right that can kind of conform and like kind of get stuffed in there but something square and hard mm -hmm. is just really hitting me weird like something like that in your doesn't mouth and throat yeah. it just it's doesn't meant to be there. yeah well yeah. obviously right I mean, not none of it is there, but, but you're you're being forced uh, it's being forced into your mouth at that point I feel i've like. never heard of that oh my god well, okay I'm, I'm glad to bring this to your first uh Fuck. experience um, yeah, and, and to make things worse, uh, based on hemorrhaging around his neck and eyes, uh, it was obvious that at least for some bit of time, Jay suffered as he continued to fight for every last breath. Oh, okay. So investigators at this point, they're now stumped. Uh, their next steps were to try and trace the couple's movements and figure out who or what kind of person would have done this to them. Uh, based on a ferry ticket that they purchased... Uh, that was found in the back of the abandoned van. They do know that the couple did at least make it to Seattle. So okay. they had a, a ferry ticket from Bremerton to Seattle. Okay. At this point, uh, based on what, I guess, Jay's dad had conversations with Jay and them, uh, they believe that the couple likely stopped off somewhere that they thought was a safe place to park for the night uh, before they had to wake up and get the parts again for his dad. And it was at this spot that they chose to park uh, that investigators believe someone came across them. Someone with bad intentions. And I say bad intentions because the evidence shows that it's someone who's either done this before or is ready to do it. Almost, almost like it's premeditated, uh, but not in a sense of they want to do it to a specific person. They just want to be ready for when somebody vulnerable comes up okay based so. on the gloves the zip ties the gun it was not like a i mean maybe a happenstance these people look vulnerable or i can take these people right and then uh, along with raping of tanya they believe yeah. that the person's intention was hey buddy i like your girl yeah and then jay got in the way yeah and so that's what happened to i've jay. heard some other cases like that really quick just because i feel like i'm taking in all these details um where was she found again she was found uh in skagit county so uh, about 70 miles north of seattle so where he was found is closer to us mm -hmm. so i'm trying to figure out how they they dropped him off first like they dumped him right first. that could very well that's kind of what they're saying is that he got then, in the way so he was the one he had to get out of the way okay and so then, they Okay. I mean, I guess I'm just trying to think, like, where they were dumped in, in what order. So he was dumped probably first because it's closer yep. to Seattle after they got off the ferry. And then they head up. And where was she dumped again? Skagit. So you can... So, like... 
Mount Vernon-ish, is that yeah, what you were saying? exactly. Okay, okay, and then the van was Bellingham. Yep. Okay, so that makes yep. sense. Yeah, okay, so it's I, almost like it I went thought, from Seattle to Monroe to Vernon. I thought the van was in the middle, so I was just thinking how gotcha. they did that. Okay, nope, okay, the van that makes was sense. at the very top next okay. to the Greyhound bus station. Damn. Not a good sign, obviously, because who knows where that person is. Exactly, yeah. and unfortunately, there was uh, zero evidence that authorities were able to track down that could really help point them in any direction of a possible suspect. Yeah, especially back then. And so I put down here as a quick note, I'm, I'm thinking all this happened in like a one-week period mm-hmm. from November 18th. Within four days, the yeah. bodies were found. And then there's nothing. There's no evidence, no leads, no, oh, yeah, I think I saw the van here, or I think I saw this guy walk up to these people at one point. There's nothing. Absolutely nothing. That is until December comes around. And so does a letter. Okay. So over the next few months, the families of Jay Cook and Tanya Van Kylenborg, they started receiving receiving threatening letters from an anonymous person. These letters, they were postmarked from all over the U.S. Uh, some of them sent from Seattle, some from San Diego, even a few from New York. Okay, so you have to tell me what they say. All right, so how should I say that? The I I should uh, say that the handwriting and the content or the nature of the letters were consistent. So it was the same person okay. writing all of these. There was something. Uh, one of the lines that was like appeared in every letter was like. Um, God bless the holy Jesus or something like that. Some weird, yeah, some, okay. something weird. Um, <laughs> and okay. so the first letter, and I'm just going to, I'll read you the first part of the first letter. Okay. And it was dated December 3rd, 1987. So my birthday. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> not my actual birthday. No, right. But, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, and I'm, I'm only going to read this part because you can assume that the rest of the letters were very much on par. Okay. And this begins, Dear Mr. Cook. So this letter was to Jay's dad. Mm -hmm. As someone who instinctively hates all Canadians, I couldn't pass up (laughs) the opportunity to kill Jay and Tanya. And so all Jay and Tanya were in all caps, but this is handwriting letters. And then exclamation point. Okay. Furthermore, I'll do it again if another opportunity presents itself. Again, again was in all caps. Okay. And you ain't never going to catch me. Okay. So it's almost like this guy is taunting the family. Obviously, oh, if you're writing obviously. letters. Yeah. Right. And he's basically saying, hey, yeah, you thought you could do something, but you can't. Like, too late. Too bad. I almost so wish, um, and this is just after watching stuff like Mindhunter and stuff where it gets really psychological, but like, I almost wish I knew what the whole letter said and all the other ones because it well, sometimes they'll like try to talk different in parts of it. Yeah. To try to throw them off and make it sound like they're like illiterate almost, like an idiot. No, that and was surprising. So, the surprising thing I did see, and uh, we'll, I guess we'll post a couple of the letters, or at least a picture okay. of the first letter that I have. Um, is that it seemed like a r- actual person just writing this letter. Okay. And a, a crazy person, because they're obviously, well, yeah. you know, a piece of shit. Yeah. But it wasn't like you are talking about. It, doesn't, it didn't sound like a, yeah. somebody that is illiterate. Because sometimes when these people try to throw off police or investigators, they will try to do things that, 
doesn't coincide with how they actually are. Yes, to yeah. be like, well, somebody else would talk like this, not me. Yeah, it couldn't me. be this guy. Yeah, it yeah. couldn't be someone like me. This guy's too smart, and this guy doesn't know how right. to spell. I mean, even but the Zodiac. Usually, no, that's what I was going to say. This yeah. is very Zodiac-ish, the whole taunting and letters and yeah. everything. But, you know, they're not smart enough to be consistent about it. So they'll slip up where they'll spell things wrong like your. They'll be like, they'll spell it you are, but then they'll spell things like really complicated words perfectly. Like yep. it doesn't match up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, moving forward, these letters, they started arriving at the family households always around some sort of holiday. So Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter, um, and they all had weird messages, messages just like that same, uh, like, you'll never catch me type of Okay, thing. chill, bro. I'm yeah. just trying to Again, enjoy Easter. instinctively hates all Canadians. That was... I know. Well, I don't I think like, I've ever heard so of that weird. before. <laughs> so unfortunately, though, uh, these letters, they never led to anything. Investigators, they kept them in case the fingerprints or the DNA could be of, you know, some significance right. in the future. But because of where the technology was back in eight, 1987, yeah. uh, there just wasn't much that they could go off of. And that sadly is where, and I, man, gosh, I kind of feel like I ended this weird, the murders of Jay Cook and Tanya and Kylenborg went cold. So it was unsolved? So over the next couple decades, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. Okay. This this case and one one of the actually I watched a couple pieces. Uh, it was it was, it was featured multiple times on shows like Unsolved Mysteries and America's Most Wanted. Okay. Um, as technology advanced, the evidence and DNA collected from crime scenes was you know gradually up, updated or uploaded into CODIS, mm -hmm. which is the um, like FBI. National Offender Database. Yep. But unfortunately, nothing popped up in that either. Yeah. So for, gosh, 23 years, they had these letters, DNA, evidence, but nothing was ever popping up. Okay. Until in 2010. Oh, hell yeah. These threatening letters written to the families of Jay and Tanya they were featured on a local episode of Washington's Most Wanted. Okay. And you'll see, you'll see in the uh, the picture or the the letters that we post. Yeah. The handwriting is very distinctive. Okay. So a Canadian viewer of that episode, that these letters were featured on in 2010, immediately recognized the handwriting of the letters. Weird. I feel like you don't hear that often. Just right. You like, would think it'd be something else that would be like, wait a minute. How often do you like soak in people's handwriting? Right. You know? Well, that you'll, again, you'll see in the pictures. They're very, okay. very distinctive. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, so that Canadian contacted the police. And after some old-fashioned boots-on-the-ground investigating, Snohomish police were able to track down this man who ended up being a 70-year-old transient Canadian with mental issues. Okay. So basically... I figured we probably already knew about the mental part. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a homeless Canadian dude that was... What? They said he roamed back and forth between Canada and... Or I guess Canadian homeless shelters and then homeless shelters here in Washington. Okay. Upon interrogation, uh, this man admitted that yes, he was the one that wrote the letters. Okay, but also if he has mental issues... That's tough, interrogating somebody that has mental issues. Right. Like, that's a tricky situation. So he describes that he wrote them because he was angry how he was being treated by his fellow Canadians. 
And when he saw the reports of the murders on, on TV and on the news, he saw the perfect opportunity to feel like he was getting back at them. Okay. So, right. So in all of these letters, he never once said anything about, like, any information that was very, like, pertinent to the case. Like, yep. where you're like, it was mainly oh, just general weird these shit. These people are dead, and I got away with it. Okay. Yeah. So, after just... further investigation, along with DNA testing, because they do have the DNA, officers were disappointed uh, to admit that he wasn't their guy. Yeah, what a waste of time. Yes, he, yeah, he wrote the the letters that harassed the families, but he wasn't the one who killed them. And at this point, it was past the, stat- past the statute of limitations uh, to face any charges for the harassment. So, right, I was just going to say, because I don't think there's a statute of limitations for murder, no, so you meant for harassment. For okay. harassment against okay. the families. Oh my god. Yeah, so the case went cold. Until, <laughs> don't look at me like no. that, there better not be. No, I mean, the, the case went cold. Snohomish detective Jim Scharf, uh, he was determined, though, to find the person responsible for the deaths of Jay and Tanya. Why are you looking at me so weird? I'm just waiting to see what you're going to say. I'm trying to read you. And years continued to go by with no leads. (laughs) Stop looking (laughs) at me like that. You are getting, I don't know. (laughs) I'm just waiting. I'm like on the... Not actual edge of my seat. If you can see me, I'm very relaxed. Yeah, you're very, but uh, calm, cool, and cool. But emotionally, I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, well, keep going. Well, this is a great time Let's for go. a sponsor. No, stop. Keep going. Okay. Stop. So, like I was saying, mm-hmm. years continued to go by with no further leads or information leading to any arrest. Fast forward to April 25th, 2018, which is weird because, again... Mm. You were the case I was talking about. Yeah, the, yeah, the one with the bit of banter. I was like, "Is she talking about this case for a second? That's so weird. Eighty six, twenty eighteen. Yeah. And so, in on April twenty fifth of twenty eighteen, and this is where I, I talked to you in the beginning. I said, "This is weird that we don't know about this case." Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. One of the most groundbreaking arrests in modern history occurred when Joseph Joseph James D'Angelo was arrested in California. The Golden State Killer. Yes. After familial DNA. Yeah. Led to his conviction. Okay. One of the most prolific serial killers in the last century. Like all time. Yeah. And although his arrest has nothing to do with this case. Oh, okay. I know you thought. I thought you were going to say it was him. I was like, what the fuck? Right. Okay. Uh, No, it it didn't have anything to do with it. But the day that he was arrested, uh, it sparked an idea. Okay. And Detective Scharf... And on that same day, said, I need to get on this. Oh. So two days later, Detective Jim Scharf, he gets in touch with Cece Moore, a genetic genealogist, and she uploads the DNA from the evidence into her database. The very next day, she finds a DNA match, and within two hours, she was able to construct a family tree and narrow it in on the one person that she thinks could be the culprit. This is amazing. I just like am so just it happened so fast. Yeah, within a a day of That's thinking, amazing. you know what, let's try this. Route. I love this. And she narrowed in on someone named William Earl Talbot II. Okay. And again, this is um a situation where DNA, I guess matches with uh familial DNA isn't right. evidence. Right. But it gives police a lead 
to yeah. where they might. But that's where all the other stuff, I don't want to like get too far into it, but that's where all the other boot on the ground work comes in, right? Yeah. Where you narrow in on like, okay, it's related well, to this specific part of the family tree, but it couldn't be this person because they weren't living in the country this time. Yes, you have exactly. to do all the background research. Yeah. yeah. Well, police, they spend the next month yep. after getting this name put out of a hat pretty much. Uh, they're searching and they're searching and they're, they track down William and they follow him for days upon days until they were finally able to get a proper DNA swab from a cup that he had thrown out while working. And that now is where a DNA match does become evidence and give you a reason to arrest. Right. So they run the DNA against the DNA found at the crime scenes. You know, this is 31 years later now. And it's a perfect match. <gasps> so on May 17th, 2018, William Earl Talbot II is arrested. And one year later, after a two-week trial, the jury found him guilty of two accounts of abrogated murder, being the first person in the world convicted using genetic genealogy. In the world? Yeah, and that's where I told Wait, you. I said, this is weird didn't because... did you just say convicted so the golden state killer it took longer for the trial to get oh so he would have been yes okay well, he was the first person probably arrested due to it right but that's what i'm saying but he we're talking been. two days later then this guy's yes popped up. a month later he's arrested okay and he's the first they were person. just quicker on yes. that okay okay yeah. so he is in the world uh-huh wow that's right. quite the title okay and that's where i'm like this is such a big leap in uh, technology for tracking down the bad guys mm -hmm. that like I feel like we would have heard this I mean yeah. this is from around no, that's here weird. too but yeah. I think because of the Golden State Killer it was like overshadowed uh, by all of that mm -hmm. you know so he is currently uh, incarcerated in the Washington State Penitentiary um, serving two consecutive life sentences how old was he when he was arrested 50 so he was around he was, their yeah. age yep i think it was like 54 56 this. or something so i think he's like 56 years old right now or 50 wow. something so like somewhere that. there right yeah. yeah uh however in december of 2021 so just a few months ago uh talbot's attorneys appealed the conviction and that appeal was granted and overturned the initial ruling so the reason behind this is that there was clear evidence that at least one of the jurors on the trial um, oh, was okay. biased. Okay. So she said, it, and they go into a little bit of detail about her and how she even said, I don't, I think I'm biased because one, I'm <laughs> something about like being from a, a single parent household and that she was a mom and she, you know, is bias towards ruling against uh, the person if it's a crime against a young woman like this is so okay listen I know they have to overturn it but these are so pointless because you have DNA like yeah. it's so pointless so so you're gonna get a new trial exactly. but then to just point out that you have irrefutable evidence anyway yep like it, you it, could we like could semantic. do this all it's day like, oh, dude just because one single juror out of she was but then she was called juror 40 so I don't know how okay. many jurors there was I don't but, fucking know but yeah. that's bizarre so when you have kind DNA, what's the fucking right point now. of doing another trial? I agree. And I spent probably 40 minutes trying to figure out where the hell this case was at 
present day because again that was and a, that what, was three months ago or four months ago right that so they're probably overturned. working on all this and i know they had up until january to appeal the overruling i can't really think of like what other avenue to go down except maybe he was there trying to do like a like mentally ill at the time of doing it like i don't know what else they could plead. so what they're trying to say is that the dna found on her was consensual sex between him and her of course they are. Of course they are. And I'm sure he's going to have a magical yeah. story when he gets up there about yeah. how they had some weird threesome or something. Like, they always have to pull something out of their ass. Yeah. They have to. Yeah, but it is. luckily, these stories never actually sway the jury. No. And, and also, you know, I can see I – no, I'm not going to say I can see because most uh, – attorneys and lawyers are they're just in it to win it yeah. you know make the money and win the case they don't yeah. really care about the actual details of it but when you're talking about such like a novel or, or unprecedented um, ruling using this new technology then it's like well if we can give anybody any hesitance to be like well maybe that the dna thing isn't real like 23 and me helped you catch him like that doesn't Good sound luck real, nowadays. You know? Yeah, nowadays. Yeah, yeah. it's Which already is, been proven it works. It's like, yeah, nice that try. That was four years ago now. Yeah. So okay. I guess in that case, I don't know how long they've been attempting to appeal this. So maybe they're just they're probably now just hoping to get a lesser sentence. I'm guessing they're not be. trying to like prove him not guilty. Yeah, because in in Washington and for aggravated assaults or something or something like that, um, it is consecutive. Uh, sentences, so mm-hmm. it's not like he's serving a life term at right. the same time. It's one, and then the he's next probably one just begins. gonna probably do like an Albert plea. I mean, there's there's so yeah. much against you. There's no point in fighting this. But again, what I mean, I, I guess opportunity for parole might yeah, be what he's. I don't fucking know. So yeah, and wow, it, it was. I was getting really warm and nervous when you started talking about your bit of banter because I was like, genetic genealogy i know that was so weird because in 2018 people you can see us right now it's we did not discuss this no like no and i i was like same year we stopped talking about genetic genealogy i was like please don't the same year they were convicted that's Mm -hmm. just really weird yeah please stop talking (laughs) (laughs) just in general so yeah wow william talbot the second so he is in prison still i do believe yeah but We'll see. We'll see how things go. Damn. I mean, I would, like we just talked about, I would assume that he would be convicted again, but yeah. probably for a lesser sentence if he can swing it. Yeah, yeah. Good fucking luck with that, dude. Who cares? There's no yeah. fucking way. Which I, I don't want to be like you're you're a piece of shit because I, if if for some reason it wasn't him, and he does get off too. How could it not be? I don't know. You know what? Fuck you. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, how could it <laughs> not be guy. him? That's exactly. If there was any even shred, I'd be like, well, let's, yeah. you know, I don't I don't want to do the whole devil's advocate thing, but there if there is any shred of doubt, I feel like it should be looked at. You don't have to yeah, believe it, I guess but the... at least weigh it for a second because how many people have been thrown in jail and they've been completely right. innocent? And what doesn't help his case but is DNA. that he is like a delivery driver or like a delivery truck type of guy and so he knows the roads and he knows the area mm, yeah i'm sure he knows he's back roads and places that dump bodies yep. and yeah oh sorry bud well go die doesn't so, look good whatever. for you wow wow yeah, yeah i had not heard that one i'm not faking it you guys i really haven't heard <laughs> that one i really haven't i know and so, I was, wow. when i was researching it because this is one of the names we've i've got a list of cases i want to cover and um you're you put together your own list too mm-hmm. and we kind of have like a shared 
note in the Apple yeah. Notes to be like, all right, I'm going to cover this one. Right. Hopefully you don't know it. <laughs> and this was one where I was just like, oh, that kind of sounds kind of interesting. I was like, huh, like Canadians that came down here and then died. Yeah, that letter thing was a twist. Yeah, you and know? to think that, and I honestly I think almost it was forgot about that part as I was like writing out my notes. I was like, wait a minute, there's yeah. a whole situation yeah, there. Yeah, wait, where there it's was like, a fucking homeless yeah. dude involved in this, yeah. <laughs> and I just, I was like, how do I not know about this case? Yeah. This is, it was weird. Well, to be, it sounds like something that would be on Forensic Files. It sounds very, like, almost yeah. cut and dry, almost. And I'm sure after uh, he was convicted, they probably did throw yeah. it on, like, a The only thing that obviously is not Forensic File-ish is that this was genealogy and that wasn't around when Forensic Files was yeah. doing their thing. But you, you know? would think maybe modern-day Dateline or Investigators yeah, no, or ID true. Channel or something. Yeah, but you watch Dateline, every single episode that. of that. I have not so. seen it. Nope. Yeah, well, that is uh, that is the case of Jay and Tanya. Wow. Jay Cook and Tanya Van Koylenberg. Wow. Kylen, Kylenborg. Quite the last name, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to look well, that well, up later. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> now I know one more case that I didn't know, so I'll just add it to my library. There you go. Yep. And now we know that the uh, the first person convicted using genetic genealogy was here in Washington. Yeah, and not the Golden State Killer. Not the Golden State nope. Killer. And that oh. was such a... Uh, prolific yep. moment i feel like also too if it ended up being him what is it joseph d'angelo right uh -huh. if it ended up being him wouldn't that be crazy the first person ever was a prolific serial killer oh that would wouldn't be that be wild. just a weird coincidence yeah, yeah. they're like well we got to find some other dude first before we can but him. that makes sense because if if you're gonna run anyone's dna when this genealogy thing becomes a thing do the dude who's it's killed gonna the be most. yeah so that <laughs> yep. kind of makes sense but yeah oh yeah well, well i'm you. glad you enjoyed it I hope everybody else listening and watching yeah. on the YouTubes enjoyed it. We look like we what do we say the fiery pits of hell. I know I like it though. It's very yeah. fitting for our personalities. Oh, we're both wearing white. You why did why did you why are you matching me? I did this why? first. No. Yeah, when you no because I back bought home. this shirt the other day thinking okay, that. Definitely, I guess that's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, nobody cares about our fashion choices. Oh, well, anyway, someday, someday they will. <laughs> Anyways, everybody, uh, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. If you yes. did, uh, make sure to follow us on the Instagram, yes. at True Crime Banter. Again, yep. any case suggestions, any comments, messages, questions, sees everything. Also, too, you know what I just thought about the other day because I was talking to my sister. Shout out Joey Toast on Instagram. But um, she was saying that we should um, take banter shout outs too anything that people oh, want to yeah. hear like talk about or, like this is a weird topic people have talked about yeah, lately be or, like, hey here's yeah or just like any random questions anything at too. all yeah if you have questions i don't know yep something that you just want our opinions about. on yeah. you know i don't know <laughs> no problem i will <laughs> let you know yeah so yeah. send send those in if send you guys whatever. are watching on youtube and uh as long as what it's you nice see. send it in that's right yeah hit that subscribe button on youtube yep. as well yep. um Again, leave comments there. I kind of take take rain on that side of things. And yeah. Well, thank God it's not nearly as busy. <laughs> yeah. If you find yourself bored, that's because Riley yeah. responded. To Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kidding. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah. My name is Riley, and I'm Christian, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Take care.